In the book of John, chapter 4, verse 24, we read these words. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must, must. That's like the word shall. When our Lord says shall, that means it shall happen. Nothing can turn the hand of God. When he says must, it must. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Folks, you cannot mix a lie with truth. You know what happens when you do that? You deceive. It's like mixing a little bit of leaveneth into the lump of bread. You pitch a little bit of leaveneth in there and it grows into something bigger than the truth. That's what that's all about. You cannot mix a lie with the truth. Our God is truth and that's all there is to it. Now, does he save people out of lies? Absolutely. Absolutely. Some of us here came out of lies, lies, lying religions, deceitful religions, religions that twist the truth just a little. They're still twisting the truth. Why am I bringing this up this morning? Today the world wants to celebrate a young child who came into this world. And some of us desire to mix in a lie about a little man with a red suit and a white beard. I was talking about this with Pastor Gene earlier this week. How can you expect our young to believe us when we talk about the one and only, the God of all glory, when we've raised them up to think that there's some little man running around coming down, coming down chimneys? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with celebrating Christmas. Twinkling lights, all of these things are wonders to see in a child's eye. But we don't have to mix a lie in with it. We can talk about the truth with our children. Open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Luke, chapter 1. Mary, did you know that your baby boy
Beginning at verse 26, we read these words. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin's spoused, espoused to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So before Mary bear that child an angel of God was sent to her do you know that's how God saves each and every one of his children each and every one for whom God gave his life for on that cross comes to him exactly the same way one of God's angels Christ himself speaks to us through his word let's go on verse 28 and the angel came in unto her and said hail Thou that art highly favored. Do you know that's each and every one of us? Folks, God did not go to that cross and give His only begotten Son for the whole world. If He gave His Son for the whole world, the whole world would be saved, but that's not the case. God comes to us when it's our time and the day of His love and reveals His Son to us. We are highly favored. Was she highly favored? Absolutely. She carried the Son of God in her womb. The very one. Think of this. Think of the depth of this. This is God's love for each and every one of us. The very one whom He placed in her mother's womb. He now lived and was born in hers. Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when, he, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not. Fear not. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. <clears throat> she understood these words. She understood these words because God had given her ears to hear. This is the word of God. Speaking to her, just as he spoke to you and I through the preaching of his gospel. Just as he speaks to each and every one of his children through his word. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and the word was manifest in the flesh. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Verse 33, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Truth. 
What is truth? Truth is every word of this holy inspired Bible that we hold in our hands. I can count on everything in here to come about exactly how God has said it to be. Let me show that to you. Turn over to uh, Isaiah chapter 17. This child that Mary was to carry, Mary did know. She did know all those things we heard the singer sing and they're asking, Mary, did you know? She knew. The, the Spirit of God came to her and revealed that the Son of God would dwell in her, in her, in her womb. This child was to carry, that Mary was to carry, was spoken of about 700 years earlier. It's interesting that we believe the prophecy once it's been fulfilled. There were a lot of people who had heard that prophecy but didn't think it would ever be fulfilled. We hear the prophecy that Christ is going to return, don't we? Yet sometimes that is a struggle to keep in our mind before us, is it not? Lord, are you, are you coming back today? Will you come back sometime soon? 700 years earlier, over in the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, we read in verse 14 the very prophecy of what we just read there in, in Luke. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name, what? Emmanuel. Now in the Old Testament it's spelled with an I and I found it interesting that in the New, New Testament it's spelled with an E. In the Old Testament it's used twice, that word is used twice here in Isaiah and both times it is interpreted with us is God. Now turn over to Matthew, if you would. Matthew confirms what we just read there in that prophecy and, and what we read in Luke. In Luke, Matthew is the only one who actually uses the word uh, Emmanuel, and it's only used once in the, in the New Testament. But in Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, we read this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And this is, what I want you, this is where we see the proof of what we saw back there. This is, this is Matthew proving to us the fulfillment of that prophecy has come. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of by the Lord and the prophet saying, that's speaking of Isaiah 7, 14, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. With being, which being interpreted is God with us. Matthew confirms this account. Emmanuel, God with us. And that's what I want to talk about with you this morning. The subject of this passage is a, the birth of Jesus Christ. You know that He is the Messiah? You know what that means? That means Savior. That means Deliverer. He's the King. He's our Deliverer. He's our Messiah. 
Brother Don Fortner wrote this. He says, in these verses, Matthew is being inspired by the Holy Spirit. He declares the deepest, most profound truths of sacred theology in a simple, unmistakable way. He tells us that Jesus Christ, the man who was born at Bethlehem, reared in Nazareth and crucified at Calvary 2,000 years ago is exactly this, simple words, God in the flesh. He tells us that this one who is God assumed our nature. He became a man in a most remarkable way by the miraculous supernatural birth born of a virgin that had never happened before. Page up. Do you know why a virgin birth is so important to us? There's no other way. There's no other way for the Christ to come into this world. That's why. He must be born of a virgin. He must be conceived by the Holy Spirit. Had he been conceived by the seed of fallen sinful fathers, fathers, the sons of Adam, he could not have been a sinless substitute for sinners, could he? Charles Spurgeon wrote this. He said he was born of a woman that he might be a human, but not by a man that he might not be sinful. This is the one who knew no sin. That's why the virgin birth is so important to you and I. The perfect, spotless Lamb of God was born of a virgin without the nature of men. In Romans 5, 17, you don't need to turn there, I'll read it for you. You see, all the seed of Adam have a nature of sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we read in Romans 5, verse 17, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, that's the offense of Adam, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of God and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men, to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. In Romans 8, 3 we read this, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son, in the likeness of sinful flesh, in the likeness of, not in the exact way of it, but in the likeness of it, born of a woman, and he came for sin, condemned sin, in the flesh, in his flesh. The Christ, the Messiah, the Deliverer, had to be spotless. He had to be perfect in every way. He had to be holy. He had to be without sin. Isn't that what we read in 2 Corinthians? He who knew no sin, Christ never had any sin in him. Everything he did was according to the Father's will. Everything he did pleased the Father. Everything he came here to do was by the will of the Father. And he did it perfectly. So you and I would have a righteousness perfect before God. Without that righteousness, folks, we'll spend eternity... We'll spend eternity trying to make up for our sins and never accomplish one bit of it. But by the righteousness of our Savior, we are delivered. We are delivered from the condemnation that we deserve. God cannot die, yet the God-man could and did. The wages of sin is death for God's chosen people to be delivered from that death 
Blood must be shed. Justice must be met. And that's why he was manifest in the flesh. The Lord told his disciples three times in the book of Mark. We've been studying the book of Mark in our Friday night Bible study. Three times he said these words. And I'll just I'll share with you the one. In Mark chapter 10, verse 33 and 34. Saying, Behold, he said, and this is Christ's words, Christ speaking himself. We go up to Jerusalem. This is the reason this perfect child was born. This is why he came unto a virgin. Born of the Spirit. So that he could perfectly establish a righteousness for you and I and go up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes and they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles. And they shall mock him and shall scourge him and shall spit upon him and shall kill him. And here's the good news. By his perfect righteous sacrifice God the Father accepted us in Him. He accepted His Son's payment for you and I and raised Him from the dead. He said, I lay down my life, no man taketh it from me, and I raise it up again. And the third day He shall rise again. Didn't we just read in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, speaking of Mary, and thou shalt call His name Jesus. For what reason? Why should we call Him Jesus? For he shall. Remember what I said a moment ago? Pay attention to the word shall in God's word, shouldn't we? If God says it shall happen, folks, it's going to happen. It took 700 years for this prophecy to come forth, but it came forth, didn't it? Just as God said it happened. I, I can't remember if it was last week we talked about this, but our Lord told his disciples to go into town and there'd be a, a, a donkey tied to a post. Go into town and get that donkey. And when the guy comes to you and says, what are you doing? What are you, you going to do with this donkey? That's not yours. Tell them the master needs it. And the guy will say, okay, no problem. It happened exactly how God said it would happen. Everything he says will happen shall happen. That's what we read. She shall bring forth a son. She did. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. They did. For he shall save his people from their sins. And he did. Every one of us. We stand before God today. We are made to sit in heavenly places this day in our Savior. In 1 Timothy 3.16 we read these words, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, and believed on in the world, received up into glory, raised the third day. This is the very foundation. This is the very foundation of all of God's children's belief that Christ was born of a virgin, perfect, without sin. He never sinned. He knew no sin. This is the foundation of our belief. It's the rock of our salvation. It's the very thing that he told Peter. He said, upon this rock. Not Peter. I know Peter's name means rock, but that's not, Peter wasn't any rock. Peter denied the Lord three times right after the Lord told him he would. You can't call that a rock. The rock was what Peter said. Who do you say that I am? 
the Lord said to Peter. And Peter said, Thou art the Son of the living God. Do you know you can't call Him Lord? A lot of people say Lord Jesus, don't they? A lot of, you know, I was talking with Kevin about this the other day. And Kevin shared with me, he goes, John, did you ever notice that all these religious folks you see on TV, they sure say the word Jesus a lot. Occasionally someone will say Lord. But when you hear God's people, God's true people, you know, almost every time you hear them talking about the Christ, they talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. When you hear me talking about Him, listen. Listen in the future. Listen to yourselves. Listen to those around you. Listen to those on TV. How often do they use the word Lord? Folks, Jesus Christ is my Lord. He's Lord of everything about me. And if you're one of His, He's your Lord and you know it. And you call Him exactly what He is. He's my Lord. I willingly bend the knee to Him because He has made me willing in the day of His love. I willingly call Him my Lord because He is. He's moved in. He's cut away that old stony heart that we all come into this world with and give me a new heart that loves Him because He first loved me. That's the rock of our salvation. He's our Lord. And He says, I have fulfilled it all for you. He says, it is finished. Your salvation is done. He sits in heaven now on His throne making intercession for us. Aren't you thankful for that? Because no sooner I get out that door, I'm going to need somebody to make intercession for me. How about you? How about you? Do you need somebody making intercession for you? Are you a sinner? You know Christ came to save sinners. That's what it says in 1 Timothy 3.16. And I just read a moment ago. Or maybe I haven't read that yet. Uh, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God, yeah, I did read that. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels and preached unto the Gentiles. That's the very foundation of our belief. The rock of our salvation. Our deliverer is God in the flesh. As God, what He has determined shall come to pass and nothing can stay His hand. Listen to Isaiah 14.24 The Lord of hosts hath sworn, saying, Surely, as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. Isn't that good news? You like that? Isn't that good news to hear? So shall it come to pass, and as I have purposed, so shall it stand. God determined, He purposed to save a people unto Himself before the world was. Isn't that what we read in Ephesians chapter 1? Listen to these words. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us, blessed us, the people of God, with all spiritual blessings. He gave His only begotten Son. How shall He not give us all things? I never get tired of hearing that. In fact, I need to be reminded of that all the time. He gave His only begotten Son for me. How shall He keep anything from me? He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as He hath chosen us in Him, in His Son, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, 
wherein he hath made us accepted. Do you realize that? We're accepted. We're accepted by God. Not, not in anything that you've done, Roger. Not in anything that John's done. Not in anything that any one of you have done. No, we are accepted in the Beloved. In His only begotten Son. In His perfection. In His righteousness. We're accepted in Him. That's because the blood that was spilt on that cross was perfect and did what it was supposed to do. It paid the price in full for every sin that we will ever commit. And when we've committed every sin that God has paid for, God will take us out of this world. Or He'll come back and take every one of His children at once. To the praise and the glory of His grace wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption. Redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Grace, 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 amazing grace. You know, I used to think when I first began, when the Lord first opened my eyes to the truths of His Word, and hearing the words of grace from coming from His Word, and how gracious He is to us, in saving us, how gracious He is in coming to us when we shook our fist at Him. That would just bring me to tears. Now, and it took a while. It took a while. But now I just, I get all giddy about it. I think to myself, how wonderful. I need to hear good news like that. I need to hear the news that God is gracious to His loved ones. I need to hear the news that God is merciful to His people. It's in Him that we have this redemption through His blood, through the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Through His blood, the blood of God, there is forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Folks, the people of God are saved by grace, God's grace, grace alone, and in Christ alone. The question I have for you this morning is, are you a sinner? It says in 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then Paul declares this, he says, of whom I am chief. Every one of God's children will say the exact same thing. I can't see yours, and I'm thankful for that, but I see mine, and I'm thankful that God is gracious, gracious to me. This child the world is speaking of this day is more than just flesh and blood. We love the idea that Christ became a, a man, that God became a man in the Son, the Lord Jesus. We love the idea of this little child in a manger. Christ didn't come here to be that child in the manger. He came here to go to the cross of death for you and I. Kathy made a point that just blessed my heart here. Did God sit in ordinance for you and I to remember Him as a baby? I don't see anywhere in Scripture where it does. He did set an ordinance for you and I to remember what He did for us, though, didn't He? He was known as the Lamb slain from before the foundation of the world, as we read in the book of Revelation. That was His purpose, to come to this world. 
This child the world is speaking of today is pretty and everything, but that's not what he came here for. He's more than just flesh and blood. Matthew 1, verse 23, we read a moment ago, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 9, if you would. And while you're turning there, allow me to read from Isaiah 40. Our Lord gives instruction to the, to the prophet in the 40th chapter of Isaiah. He says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. That's the people of God. That's the, that's the holy city. That's Zion. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us, unto us, did you notice that? It doesn't say unto the world. It doesn't say unto all mankind. It says unto us, unto the people of God, unto Jerusalem, unto us a child is born. This one who is a perfect child of God, the perfect blood of God flows through his veins. He is born perfect for our reasons. It says unto this, unto us, a son is given. God gave us his son that we might be with God for eternity. Can our God's hand be thwarted in any way? Oh, I pity those who think so. What a sad, sad God they believe in who can only do part and is waiting for somebody else or something else to help him finish the job. The God of Scripture needs no help from any man. He's God of everything. Sovereign ruler of all that is. People love to say, oh yeah, see the dust coming through? The sunshine coming through? See the little dust in the air there? He controls all of that. But oh no, no, not my heart. This is what I mean about being my Lord. My God controls everything about me. He had His hand wrapped around me when I was shaking my fist at Him. When I was running from Him. When I was dead in trespasses and sin. He came to me in the day of love just as He came to each and every one of you. Comes to us in the day of His love and calls us with the power of His Word. Lazarus, come forth. Unto us this child is born. Unto us a son is given. I love the fact that this one who was born, this one who was given, this child, this Emmanuel, the government is on his shoulders. Everything is under his authoritative control. Everything is by His purposeful will. It says all power in heaven, in earth, and under the earth belong to Him. Now can there be anything else? Did they leave anything out? All power belongs to Him. I love to hear this. His name is wonderful. I love to hear about my Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I love to worship Him for His love for me. His name is wonderful because there's no other name under heaven which one can be saved but by Christ Jesus our Lord. Am I wrong? I love the fact that His name is Counselor. 
because he was born in the flesh, he has suffered, suffered all that you and I have suffered, yet without sin. He had to suffer temptation. Did you know he hungered? Did you know he slept? Did you know he sang hymns? He laughed. He knows everything about us, folks. Not just who you are and what keeps you going. He knows everything about you. When He talks in His Word to us, He's talking to us. His people. His children. His loved ones. Declaring the truths of Himself to us through His Word. I love to hear. I love to hear that His name is mighty God. I love to hear that His name is Everlasting Father. Because of all those names that we just listed, I have peace. Because of the Prince of Peace, I have peace. If I was, if I, if I had to rely on myself in any way whatsoever in my salvation, I would have no peace. Absolutely no peace at all. Yet because I don't rely on anything, I have no confidence in my flesh, and you don't either if you're a child of God. If you do, thankfully God will teach us differently, won't He? Thankfully trials will come our way and teach us how weak we are in the flesh and bring us back to looking to our Savior, the Prince of Peace. Many say, Lord, Lord, and there will be many in that day the Lord will say, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I have never known you. But every single child for whom God died for will call him my Lord. And because of him being our Lord, because of him doing what he did, and because of him sitting exactly where he is today, because of who he was, we will, say, enter, we will hear him say, Enter in, ye faithful servant. Isn't that wonderful? I love to hear about Jesus. My favorite song is more about Jesus. I love to hear about His love for me. I love Him because He first loved me. Amen.